0: I may have lost my voice, but not my attitude.
1: This holiday season, the best gift you can give me is leaving me the fuck alone. Oh
0: my God, you guys, Santa baby, do the same for me. (laughs) BCC Hanukkah Harry and whomever else. It's Andy's Girls. It's been a minute and I have to apologize in advance. I am dealing with a little bit of a cough. So um, I wasn't able to record earlier this week because... Just the shrieking about the coughing would have been a real fun after show. Honestly, shrieking from myself, just being like, Sarah, what the fuck <laughs> with the cough? So apologies in advance for this episode when it comes to maybe some of the coughing, but not some of the chatting with one of my favorite, <laughs> rolling his eyes, <laughs> one of my favorite return guest co-hosts. You know him as director of social for entertainment at Betches Media, host of Mention It All and creator of Bravo by Betches. I said it without coughing till for here we go. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm take your break. <laughs> I'm so well. I am. Um, I'm coming directly from seeing May, December, the new. Oh. Todd Haynes movie with Julia or not Julia? Julianne, Ju- Ju- Julianne Moore
0: and Natalie Portman. My brain's
1: broken too. Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman, and then I'm going straight after this to see Sweeney Todd. So it really oh is God. just a full day of um of delightful entertainment.
0: Shout out my college RA, Anna Lee. I saw her in Sweeney wow. last month or month it maybe. Oh, fun! It was so fun. I'm She's excited. incredible. She's literally incredible, and it's a tour de force performance.
1: Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited. But, yeah. um
0: I saw her after. I was like, "Let's talk about New New York." All <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wanted to talk about.
1: Who? <laughs> new York. No, okay, was who in the re- the New New York cast would be the best Mrs. Lovett?
0: <gasps> well, I think people would pretend it was Bryn, but I don't think it should be. I, but no, you're gonna say maybe Jessel. I don't know.
1: I think Jessel would be like. I think people would pretend it would be Jessel because, like, Jessel is very like capital I iconic right now but she
0: can't really deliver yeah, she, I she think delivers sort she of ask- deliver the line
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Erica Jane oh my god we will talk about it Dorit as Mrs. Lovett popping pussies into pies pk
0: well now she's you know doing her show in london or whatever she's gonna be a fucking tinkerbell or something what she, the yeah, hell
1: she's gonna be in uh peter pan i've been so i posted about this when it was like first announced over the summer and a few um british or like british adjacent people who follow me were very clear to point out that it's not like a proper musical that we think of here it's like a pantomime which what? is a very
0: like a circus kind of thing like no a, like a it's like a, kind of like no
1: no no it's a stage production, but it's like a British holiday tradition and usually it's like these like fairy tales or classic stories that it's basically like a like children's theater but with like specific kind of tropes that we that would be odd to us but are like a, a real thing um Does so, you
0: have a script
1: I don't know like the the nature of okay. her role Interesting. but um it's not going to be like if they did a revival of Peter Pan on Broadway. It's not. Wow. That's shocking. not what they're. That's, shocking. But update. like that's, that's not. It's a different genre of uh, stage production.
0: Wow. So how is this all going to go? Do you think? And she's doing like one show or Three show. I don't. know They posted some sort of thing yeah. of like her performance schedule. is very con- confusing, which I think is maybe the point.
1: Yeah, there's like a maybe like a brief tour element of it in the UK. I don't know. It's unclear exactly. I was at one point. I was like, should I go to London for New Year's and see Dorit as the Mermaid and Peter Pan? And then I was like, no, no I'm not. You shouldn't do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not made of money. <laughs> But it, Neither is she, by the way. Okay, right. So it's interesting because the last few weeks on Beverly Hills, we just saw this Vegas trip that they took. And it I, it felt like it became more and more noticeable throughout the trip that Dorit was glamless. And it, not that she like didn't look good, but she just looks so different from the way we are used to seeing her of late on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I mean, a, a theory that I have seen posited in, by many people online is that, um, you know, flying glam out to Vegas costs money and maybe this was uh, a, a way to cut some costs. For the Kemsleys.
0: I mean, I've also seen the hypothesis online, which I find very cruel. As a blonde, is that she has gone darker mm. s- because darker, so that she doesn't need to do balayage as often. Yeah, or, uh, as often, which is just I the think meanest our... thing you can say to someone is like you, you're you, you don't have the money to be blonde. That's the meanest thing you could say. The meanest thing.
1: <laughs> I I mean, I know there's maintenance. I know. And a, then a I warm, had. A warm, uh, ch- chocolatey, caramelly brown is, is a lot easier to, to give or take a month of when you get the highlights touched up.
0: And it was just kind of odd because, I mean, does Kyle ever have glam? I feel like she doesn't, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm sure she's had glam travel with her at some point on the show. I feel like some of these trips have been quite over the top across the board. But I think on this one, it was just like the fact that Crystal, Garcelle, Sutton Sutton. all had glam. Like it clearly was, this was, there are sometimes we see housewives trips, not necessarily on Beverly Hills, but on certain cities of housewives where there's kind of like a group decision that like, oh, we're just like staying at a house somewhere. We're not, this isn't going to be like turning looks. We're going to France. Right. <laughs> yes. Remember
0: when they spent in that like chateau? In, yeah, in, uh, pro, uh, no. I
1: don't know. Wherever. Yeah. Yeah. In France. O- um, or
0: yonder. Yeah.
1: But, but yeah, or like, you know, if they're going to like Kyle's house in Palm Springs for the weekend, I don't think everybody's bringing glam to that trip. But like, Beverly Hills going to Vegas is like, if there ever was a time for glam, you would think, you know, we've been to Vegas. We brought glam.
0: We did. We brought glam. I mean, I brought luggage and that's my version of glam is to have a change of fresh laundered clothing (laughs) in which to um, wear, I guess. Um, So listen, we're talking about Beverly Hills. There's so much. First off, it's truly in the words of Nick Kroll, too much Juna" because it has been the journey of catching up on Housewives, Mm. Potomac premiere, new episodes. Miami premiere new episodes, Beverly Hills last week, this week, Salt Lake City. It's just too much. It's overwhelming. I finally caught up, but it was, oh, it was a, r- I forgot that I was one episode behind in Miami. I thought I was all done.
1: Well, I think, so you and I, I watched it, but you man. and I were both in Vegas for BravoCon and then I came home and you went to LA and were like, you know, living in a space of oh whatever God. for four more days, oh, five more days. Wonderful. Whereas like, I came home and basically caught up. I well, I caught up on the stuff I needed to catch up on, like for my job. But I didn't do shit else last week. Like I was like any other TV shows that I'm watching. I was like, I don't, I didn't have the attention. Sp- I didn't go to the movies. I didn't watch a thing. You know, like it was very like, okay. So I need to record on Wednesday. So I guess I have to watch Salt Lake City. So okay, I'll do that. And then like, yeah, I gotta watch Beverly Hills. Like it's, it was very like. What is the bare minimum? And now I feel like I'm finally, you know, like I said, I'm like I'm in the theater, I'm in I'm in the I'm in the screening room, like I'm I'm ready to go now. But yeah, it is a lot on Bravo these days, and that's not even I mean that's just the Housewives. Yeah, then
0: they're married to Med and Southern Charm.
1: Southern Charm is really good right now. Winter House is on. If anybody remembers that, no, there's not. a whole Below Deck Med season that I haven't even really given any thought to. But like Bravo right now, it's like almost stacked to a weird degree and I'm I am thinking about like in March April time frame when all of these seasons are wrapping up or have wrapped up it's like it 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 might be a little bit of a weird time and I'm I'm curious kind of like exactly why they decided to launch so much stuff at the same time
0: I feel like they were trying to encapsulate on the energy of BravoCon and be like if you weren't here don't worry because we have panels on Peacock and we're just going to you know do an absolute throwing everything against the wall.
1: I suppose so. I mean, I, I definitely think that it benefits to have like stuff to talk about at BravoCon and kind yeah. of like, it's an exciting time. I'm always going to be, you know, I'd rather have too many shows to talk about than not enough, so.
0: Agree. And, you know, within the construct of Andy's Girls and making sure this is not a 17,000 hour episode, even though I would love for it to, um keeping on Beverly Hills, I mean, the Sutton Kyle of it all, but Sutton... There were two moments from Beverly Hills that mm. to me really stood out. Yeah, Sutton versus everybody and Kyle and then Garcelle and Dorit. So I'm curious for your thoughts on both of them, but starting with Sutton, what was your reaction?
1: Name them. <laughs> Name
0: Why do you think... Did she say that because she didn't think Kyle would remember? Or did she say that because she didn't remember?
1: I think that it was less of a... I think that it was less of a, like, wide... I don't think she said that because she thought it was, like, the answer to a question. I think it was more like she was – it was more of, like, a a deploying a tactic. Because I think, like, it's almost like she thought that she was going to kind of, like, break Kyle a little bit in terms of, like – Kyle was... Annoying her to death? Well, Kyle was, like, accusing her of something, of of blowing things out of proportion and having these reactions. And I think that maybe Sutton... I mean, maybe Sutton really was like, I don't know what I've done the last three years. Like, uh, who knows? Maybe this is true. But I also think there was an element of, like, if I just, like, kind of spend the next two minutes, like, trolling Kyle, she might kind of, like, malfunction a little bit and, like, actually... Like, I might sort of come out on top in this conversation because Kyle's going to be like, I don't know. Shut the fuck up. But like, I mean, to Kyle's credit, she came up with a few examples after the barrage of name them.
0: I mean, I am one of those people where I if you tell me to name something, I won't be able to do it Mm -hmm. on my feet. Like if you say like name every franchise, name three Housewives franchises, I would really honestly be like riding the struggle boat. Like I really would. It (laughs) would be tough
1: yeah, like, don't ask me what my favorite be housewife canoeing. is because I'm be would... like, oh God. um
0: <laughs> I can't do that in the best of days. <laughs> no. I can't do that when you're like, so in that moment when she was saying that, I was like, oh, wait, I know there have been so many, but I can't think of a single one. And then when Kyle started to name them, I thought, you know, good for you because that's
1: tough, right. Like pulling out of the hat, like when we were at Rinna's house and you didn't bring a gift and other people did, and then you lashed out about the ugly leather pants. I'm like, that's a very specific situation from a few years ago that Kyle was able to name. Like it you know. And your and, mileage may vary with how um you know great of an example it is, but it you know, that's what she was talking about.
0: And Sutton wasn't really looking for a moment, she was asking her to name scenes, which is what Kyle was doing. She yeah. was like, "I remember this episode and this episode and this episode and so do you." It would
1: <laughs> Imagine if Kyle was just like season nine, episode 12, season 12, episode four, last week, season 13, probably episode two or three.
0: (laughs) Do you think that they had the same goals in that conversation of like maybe repairing? Do you think that repairing was a goal?
1: It's Sutton and Kyle have an interesting relationship to me because obviously, we've seen them have moments of really getting along and seeming to kind of I don't know, be on the same page about stuff, but at the same time, when we talk about like repairing their friendship, I'm like, are were they ever like that close to have that deep of a problem Mm -hmm. that really needs to be fixed? Like, I don't think of, I don't think of Sutton and Kyle's friendship in the same way that I think of, say, Kyle and Dorit's friendship, or maybe even Garcelle and Sutton's friendship. Just, you know, sort of to put, I think that each of their kind of like strongest bonds on the cast. So I mean, I think that maybe Kyle felt like she had more of like a specific bone to pick with Sutton, Mm -hmm. whereas Sutton was maybe more just kind of like annoyed with the idea that she needed to like answer for whatever happened in Vegas. But I also think like Sutton was drinking vodka at 1pm and then like bossing around Avi about putting the candle in the wrong place in the foyer. And then Kyle's coming over and they're like laughing about how many tea options she has in the cabinet. And then things kind of got dark or weird very quickly. So it is kind of, it feels hard to get a read on exactly like, what do these two people mean to each other on a good day? How bad? How bad of a time are they really having with each other right now? And how much do they care about, you know, going from the latter to the former again?
0: Yeah. And with Sutton, what was tough for me in watching this scene, which I watched a couple times, was seeing Kyle's expression, because it felt like Kyle was, like, joking with her. Kyle thought that Sutton was going to have a sense of humor about whatever was being discussed. And then Sutton launched into, like, that... Erica impersonation, which didn't land. And I think Sutton knew that. And then the energy just shifted. It went from like, is this funny? Are we joking about this? To like, oh, no, we have no sense of humor about what we're going to discuss, which was confusing. The energy was off.
1: I think that's something that Sutton kind of struggles with a little bit in situations where she maybe feels a little bit more put in a corner or like kind of flustered Mm. is that she doesn't always a lot of the time, her reactions to things don't seem to make that much sense or her, she gets kind of like more, you know, kind of shuts down a little bit or like is unwilling to have a conversation. I mean, going to the prior episode when they were at the magic Mike show, it was the kind of thing where it seemed like she was very clearly Making contradictory statements about how she had worn the pants, she had brought the dollar bills, but then, you know, she, there was that, the idea that she was maybe more upset about kind of like the explicit nature of what was happening on stage and her brand and her reputation or whatever. And like she, but she kind of wouldn't cop to either explanation mm-hmm. and kind of just wanted to downplay the whole thing in general. And it's like, it, I, watching it is sort of confusing and i see how being present for it and having to like you know quote unquote be her friend during all of that would be really frustrating and kind of like hard to wrap your mind around like what what am i supposed to to do with this behavior
0: Right. And it's also the leave me alone, but I'm a cast member on camera. So I'm supposed to be sort of inserting myself. But then also, how dare you? But then also, when you're responding that you're not actually upset, or you're upset for reasons X, Y, and Z, how much of that is about the visibility of how this is going to go off in an edited scene versus like what you actually believe the performance of it was Mm -hmm confusing because I felt like Sutton kept shifting her role. And then I was like, wait, what are we? Cause I was actually really excited when she was into it. When she seemed excited to do yeah. it, I was really into it. And then obviously the way it was handled, I would feel hurt a hundred percent if I was her. But for her to walk off, not knowing there's like a second act of more guys coming and asking if you want to participate, whenever else, it then led into this big explosion where she gets so rattled she can't find herself.
1: Yeah. And I think with with other people on Bravo, a moment like that might feel like it was more of kind of like playing it up for the cameras. But I think with Sutton, it really feels like something is like a switch is flipped in her brain where she kind of can't just like come back in and sit down and like wait out the rest of the performance and then process her feelings later. It's like, I think it's, I think it's tough. And I think Garcelle especially kind of gets the, the probably the the brunt of having to deal with it because she is seen as sort of like Sutton's companion within the group. Mm -hmm. And even Garcelle obviously does not have all the answers in a situation like that, which is it's it's tough, especially because I want Garcelle to be able to have fun at the Magic Mike show. Right. But then
0: she has to like support Sutton, (laughs) which is all fine and good. But then like, babe, I just feel maybe this is obnoxious of me to think or naive but like babe be honest maybe she because I don't think that Sutton doesn't understand why she was upset I think she does
1: I think she feels like she maybe it's embarrassing I think she feels like she knows that she can't say the real reason because it would make her sound like slut shamey or prudish or something I don't know like it just do you think
0: it really was because of Erica's legs being open or do you think it was because she wasn't being asked on stage and then what was happening on stage wasn't What she thought she was going to be asked to do?
1: Maybe I don't. I don't really know. And I think it's. I think that's part of the tricky thing. Watching it is that it doesn't really feel like we're getting to the core of it. It feels like there are like you know. I think we have two kind of solid ideas of what might have happened, but it you know the the real honest truth might lie somewhere in the middle, and Sutton might not even know exactly exactly what's triggering her in every moment but it yeah i mean it's it's tricky and then you know on those Sprinter van dorit's like critiquing garcelle's response to it and garcelle's like you weren't even there like i i did say that to her like it's strange
0: you need to talk about dorit for a second this was not one of her stronger episodes uh yeah yeah um I, I mean, first off, the tone policing of Garcelle of like, don't yell at me. That gets me a little yeah. agitated because Garcelle just has a literal diff- different voice. And so to say that someone is getting loud to me where it's like, stop yelling. I'm like, no, that's just the register of her voice. She's not she's not yelling at you, but she has the right to respond.
1: And I also think in a, in a group setting like this on Real Housewives and Dorita has been around the block enough to know this, it's like you know dynamics and arguing and yelling and fighting and you know heated conversations are part of the bargain so it's like it's I feel like it would almost it would be more valid to say like if you feel like somebody is being disrespectful to you or saying things that are hurtful it's like comment on that not like you're being too loud like that kind of like I feel like you're right like the yelling thing is kind of like okay like we 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 get excited (laughs) we can be loud I don't know
0: Also, that scene of Garcelle saying to her friend circle, I'm not comfortable talking about a lot of specifics relating to my kids because I don't think that they have been that intimacy or that trust has been reciprocated or respected. Dorit's response to that was that was tough. That was mm-hmm. like genuinely rough tough stuff. I That would make me very uncomfortable to watch.
1: Yeah, I think it was extremely telling this week, seeing how much progress Garcelle and Erica have made in their relationship with each other. Because one year ago, Erica was literally the one making the comments to Garcelle's son. And so she was, you know, right in the hot seat when it came to that conversation. And I think that shows that Erica has been able to, you know, repair things to a certain extent with Garcelle and, you know, maybe not necessarily with the kids involved. Like that's not, I don't know how much that would be on the table, but that Dorit still hasn't really, maybe like fully answered for her kind of part in that whole thing. Or at or if, she, if she's answered for it, she at least doesn't want any like residual feelings about it. And Garcelle obviously still is in a place where that's playing in her mind.
0: I thought it was interesting. I might be wrong, but I don't think Dorit had any kind of confessional about that scene. There was Sutton had a confessional. I feel like Garcelle had a confessional, but Dorit didn't, which I thought was an interesting move, one that either helped her or didn't, depending on how you look at it. Cause I wonder if she would have doubled down.
1: Yeah, I always am curious in terms of I think the with the confessionals, how they edit them and what they choose to include is maybe the thing that we kind of know about or think about the least. Yeah. Because with those confessional interviews, obviously a lot of these all of these women are getting asked about lots of different stuff from the course of the season. And that's something that I've never I've never really gotten a sense of okay so if they're having this conversation about Garcelle's kids and how she feels comfortable or not with like the group like is that something that like they're going to ask all seven of them the same question about it and they're going to choose which like two confessionals to include or are they kind of you know are they tailoring the questions in the first place where it's like okay like we think we're going to want Sutton and Erica's response to this. So we're just going to ask the two of them. Like, I I would love to know kind of what is the total pool of confessional material that they're pulling from and how they kind of prioritize whose voice gets used in, in group scenes like that.
0: And also, how is that going to play off when it comes to the after show? Because like, if we're getting mm-hmm. after show episodes, <coughs> I would assume that Dorit is going to be, um, I mean, spoiler alert, talking in long form about her reaction to that moment and the thing with Dorita is that I don't know that she has genuine capacity to take like genuine accountability for her behavior. I don't know that she is able to really actively listen in the ways that can make a person uncomfortable.
1: I feel like if she were asked about that topic, she would probably say a lot of words with not very much Meaning. substance that kind of painted around some, the vibe of, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That Dorit kind of has like this knack for, you know, painting with a broad brush with her words and kind of, you know, saying lots of things that leave you with not much information. And I think that this is probably one of those situations where she would like, you know, use some buzzwords and, you know, seem concerned to a certain point, but not really actually own that in any way that would make Garcelle feel like heard and understood.
0: And the way she sort of doubled down after Garcelle was like, how can you tell me to get over something when you are dealing with the understandable aftermath, long term lasting effects of your robbery in so many words? I mean, it's sort of ridiculous to say that. And for Dorit to then be like, well, then I guess I'm never telling you anything ever again. I mean, Jesus, like, take a, take a second.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know. Derite's clearly in a little bit of a weird place from several That's different true. angles. Because, you know, we talked about the, the perennial money question with her. But then, like, you know, the stuff that she is choosing to share about her and PK's relationship this season is really different from anything she's ever shared on the show before, I feel. Like it 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 just feels like we've always kind of been fed a certain type of narrative of, you know, Dorit and PK baby. And like this is kind of the first season that we're being let in on any kind of, you know, difference in that narrative. And obviously she, you know, is careful to let everyone know On social media and at BravoCon and in the press, that like they're not getting divorced, they're not splitting up, they're very much together, and they had a tough year, and that's it. But like, it actually is really interesting watching her and Kyle kind of go through, oh my God, not not the same, but like sort of parallel marriage storylines this season, especially knowing where we are now, where Dorit and or Kyle and Mauricio, not Dorit and Mauricio, I don't want to like start anything. (laughs) Kyle and Mauricio have been. Saying for months, this you know version of like we're separated, but we're still living in the house together, and we love each other very much, and you know Kyle's in real time, right? And Kyle's tearing up at BravoCon, saying that she still considers her marriage a success because you know twenty something years and all these kids, and it's like yeah, like that that's great. We'll see kind of like how that continues to develop. Whereas Dorit is saying a lot of similar things to Kyle. On the season this year, but like right now, we're back to a place of united front. Everything's good. It was a tough year. You'll see it on the season,
0: but it never got to the extent <clears throat> that Kyle and Mo are at. Seemingly, it just, Ex- it just seems like there's just exactly.
1: Like I'm, I'm curious to see because like when they went to that lunch together in Vegas, I love the splitting up into duos oh while God, they're I'm on the so trip.
0: into
1: where Sutton and Gar or Sutton and. Who is it? Sutton and Garcelle, and Garcelle are, are on the, the, singing the gondola. gondola,
0: which I can't believe we didn't do. I'm so upset. <laughs> and
1: then Erica and Crystal go to lunch.
0: And then Kyle, Kyle and Derek go cry. to lunch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she, she's like, can we get a bottle of a bottle of still water <laughs> with lemons, and then a regular Coca Cola? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to watch these two women who have like prolific marriages on or, prolific's probably not the right word but like you know kind of like institutional housewives totally. marriages that have been foundational you know, there have been rumors and there have been you know kind of like jabs and attempts and stuff over the years but from the two of them we've never gotten anything other than like i love my husband so much fuck the haters yeah and to watch them kind of you know, side by side, having these conversations about, you know, I'm not getting enough from my partner. It's been a really tough year. You know, we're going through it. Obviously, they, you know, they come to different, uh, you know, places by where we are now in, in real time. But like, it's, it's kind of fascinating. And it, it, you know, if you had asked me a few years ago, if we would ever see Kyle having a marriage separation storyline on Beverly Hills I probably would have said like I don't think she'll ever let that happen while she's on the show
0: And the thing that I find so interesting is so I assumed that it was going to be like Kyle's denying everything to everyone including the cameras until you know the the point after the finale when cameras pick up after it's been announced that she and Mauricio are are separated And so I just kind of assumed it would sort of be similar to the pressures on other housewives with very different situations of like, I'm accusing you of this thing or this thing is happening in your life and you remain stoic and deny it. And instead, what we're getting is sort of straight from the jump, her acknowledging or at least sharing, revealing. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's impossible to hide it. But the fact that there's like a real break, a real sort of breakdown In their dynamic in Mo and Kyle's and it's I'm surprised by how much it's we're seeing at this point. I'm surprised. And
1: that what we're seeing on the season right now is coming from her. Yes. It is her personal storyline right now. And then we'll see as the season goes on. I it seems like we're gonna get some kind of like, you know, digging and questions from other people in the cast, but that from episode one, Kyle is letting us into. The challenges that she and Mauricio are going through. And I mean, frankly, this is something that I was not that jazzed about prior to this season, because I kind of, like you were saying, like I was expecting it to sort of be this like almost facade throughout the season and then to sort of hit a hard point where it was like, okay, now we're going to talk about it. And, you know, I'm picturing her sitting down in the confessional chair and you hear the producer be like, so are you ready to talk about the issues in your marriage? She's like, (laughs) Like, you know, like very, we've seen them do that with lots of Housewives storylines. And I'm honestly, I find it really refreshing that it feels like we're sort of just getting the, I don't know, it feels real as much as I'm like, I don't want to give these people too much credit. It's like, I don't know, it seems (laughs) like she's given us what... She's got
0: yeah, and it. Fe- I think the energy genuinely feels moodier. It really does <clears throat> to me. I just there's a different yeah, kind of vibe in BH. It's moodier, be a different kind of season.
1: Moodier is a good word for it. That like even <clears throat> we just saw them take a trip to Vegas where they're you know they're going line dancing, they're going to Magic Mike, but it doesn't feel like this kind of pretty glossy thing that is sort of just there to look at like i think beverly hills has had some seasons where it's like prepare to be wowed and it's like okay i'm wowed by like the looks and the glam and the the birkins and the you know the fast cars but like i'm not really wowed by like any interesting Mm -hmm. developments and this season like it's it's a little thorny like i in a way that i think beverly hills has not quite given us in a while 100%.
0: Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is, looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side, Astapro always has my back, That's happymammoth.com and use the code Girls for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. <laughs> Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Whey. Whey's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with... Wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love ways anti-frizz cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Whey's other bestsellers. They're leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz-free up your schedule with Whey. Go to T H E. O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. Shifting gears a little bit, Miami. How are we feeling about the energy in Florida these days? How do you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the of and how do you know of uh, Housewives this week? <sighs> I mean that. So the clip of Larsa and Gertie was really like circulated a lot before the episode had even. Which aired. I didn't
0: watch. Okay, and I just watched the episodes last night. And then I realized I hadn't seen the newest episode, which I watched today before we started recording.
1: So I mean, I think it was so like from the the timeline that I kind of was on, it was like, everybody had like a day or two to sort of process like, oh, wow, Larsa seems like a piece of shit. (laughs) Before we even saw the episode. And really like watching those first couple scenes of Larsa and Gertie together, and then Larsa's welcome home party for Marcus's five-day reappearance. Okay. First of all, like, we, there have been a few events this season on Miami that I was like, oh, cool, this will be a full cast thing. And then there's only four or five of them there. Yeah. And so, like, it was like... Instead of
0: the normal 10. It
1: was like Marisol's gay brunch last week was happening at the same time as Nicole's, like, oyster happy hour. So it was split down the middle there. And I was like, okay, I thought everybody was going to be at brunch, but whatever. And then this week it was Larsa's having this party. And it's like, okay, so we're gonna have Kiki, Alexia, Marisol, and Lisa are gonna be at my apartment for the party. And it's like, I thought like you and Gertie just got lunch. Why is she not invited to this? Like it's it's a little weird the splits in the Miami group right now. Not in a bad way, just like I'm I'm trying to kind of figure out like the rationale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like truly watching Larsa. The, the editor's putting in the like six hours earlier. Really? Six, her, hours? <laughs> uh, six hours? Six yeah. hours. And the way that she not only is, does she like, she doesn't let it slip that Gertie has no. cancer. She's like, she's telling everyone who will listen. And in a casual way, as if it's just like, she's, telling people how her day's been going. And, you know, she's telling her, you know, Zana and what's her name but that are there before the party. She tells, you know, the first few women that are there, Alexia shows up a little late or whoever, and she tells her right away. And it's like, every, everybody else is like, oh my God, is she like, okay? And Lars is like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like a big deal. It's just like stage one or whatever. But like, then she was like, uh, she's like mad at me. And I'm like, it's, it, it is really kind of wild to watch larsa just seemingly have like no tools to process that this is like an important piece of information a sensitive piece of information that gertie literally told her she doesn't want everybody to know quite yet and there's just like no it's like but then she also asks the women not to tell gertie that they found out from her So it's like, you know, on some level, just not any level enough to actually care or like do the thing that your friend asked you to do.
0: And it felt like she wanted to take control or maybe, sorry, (coughs) excuse me. It felt like she wanted to maybe take control or or this was maybe just her true reaction of like criticizing the fact that (coughs) Gertie told her at the tail end of the lunch and not at the beginning, which... One could argue she actually tried to do, but Larsa came into the scene saying, "You're not allowed to cry."
1: Yeah, why are you crying? You're being weird. Shut up. Why are you crying? You're being so weird, Gertie. What's up? Like, it it is. Yeah, no. I Larsa to me is one of the more kind of fascinating housewives characters in the sense that she seems to sort of exist in a. Different plane of mm-hmm. reality sometimes, and this was an episode where there are sometimes where it's kind of like in a fun way. And this week it was like, "Are you literally okay? Like, have you never had a situation like this where a friend was going through something and you needed to like be a good friend for six hours?" <laughs> it's it, it, I don't know. It was I was just like uh, I I I still haven't kind of been able to wrap my mind around being like that careless with a friend's like, you know, personal tragedy, essentially.
0: And this is one of those moments where I would genuinely I feel like we would never know. But I would genuinely want to know, did producers tell her before filming her like, welcome back boyfriend scene? You know, you should talk to your friends about what Gertie told you.
1: Yeah, th- I mean, that's a which doesn't take a valid away. question. It, but
0: that's where like the storyline intersects with our idea of an individual's morality or behavior or response, however you want to phrase it. Right? I, mean, I just kind of wonder because she kept telling everyone, I'm like, well, this could just be guttural and Larsa and, and that alone. It could also be, someone going up to larsa and being like and in this before the rest of the guests get here why don't you talk about the brunch
1: right so remember how crazy that lunch was with gertie where she told you she has cancer you should recap the the lunch
0: (laughs) i mean but i genuinely think that's possible
1: it's possible it definitely is i think and she's not gonna
0: be able to say that i mean if anybody would probably would be larsa like yeah. to go and watch what happens and be like, um. Well, I was just told to say that, you know. I don't and think who knows she if would if she but, would be believed.
1: But also, it's like I don't think Larsa. It's like even if I mean that obviously there's there's a chance that the producers could have done that, but also I think there are other people maybe on this show. Uh, obviously, other people like in the world where if a producer was like, "Hey, you should go tell your friends Gertie's sensitive news," they would be like. I'm not going to do that. I told right. her I wouldn't tell anyone. And like, I think that Larsa lacks that um, stop cap measure. 1000%. <laughs> oh, God, it's just like, I, f- I mean, obviously, it seems like Gertie is doing great. I saw her. She rang the radiation bell on Instagram Live last week, which like made me emotional. And like, she seems to be doing well. She looked ama- like beautiful at BravoCon. But it's like, it just sucks to watch her like, going through this in real time on the show and like to not to have that like one piece of control that she thought she was going to have of telling people taken away from her and I'm I'm kind of dreading watching on the show like when she finds that out because you know she's going to and it just is like it's shitty
0: it is. And then it's also the, you know, it's not just telling your coworkers, it's telling your coworkers on camera. It's trying to have control over how this story is going to be told. And that is, I, I would assume, incredibly, incredibly stressful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do, I think, you know, if there's any, <laughs> if there's any consolation, it's like, I think pretty universally people think that Larsa looked like an asshole on this week's episode. Agree. And I mean, obviously, watching the show, we all already knew about the cancer. So it's not like she was, you know, revealing it to the audience. But yeah, it's just like, no, truly, I don't I don't get how you become like a 50 year old person and don't have, you know, any sense that you should be a little more tactful with that type of information.
0: Also, just in terms of because I feel like this is this episode is a little bit of a dance between different relationships that cast members have with each other, their spouses and also Honestly, the camera's in production. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going on with Alexia and Todd?
1: Yeah, it's very strange. It feels like that is another... Um, I feel like maybe th- thorny is a word that applies there. confusing. It feels like... Tense. It feels like Lexi- Alexia, I know, gets compared to Teresa often. Mm. And I think sometimes more aptly than others. But I do think we have gotten a little bit of that like love bubble mentality from her where it's like, I found my dream man. We got married. We're perfectly happy. And anybody who tries to come for that is like a hater basically over the last couple of years. And I think that this season we're only what three episodes in and it does feel like there's just something else in the air. And I don't know kind of how major or minor that is going to end up being, but it just, it feels like if there really wasn't an issue at play, then they would have a little bit better of a handle on like how it's coming across on the show. And the way that, I mean, I just think Todd choosing to skip that first party, it's just a bad decision. And it's one of those things where not even from a point of like, Stick by your woman, like you should never, you know. Like uh, the ideas of like marriage on this show are sometimes to me a little bit like, Who cares? Like, I don't, I'm not like that big into the like husband should stand by wife because that is husband's role. Like, who, I, that's not like my bag, but I do think just in the literal like dynamics of this group and the sort of chess pieces on the board, it's like. You kind of, it feels like you opened yourself up to so much criticism in the first move mm. of this season's game. And like, why not just go to the party and like say hi to Adriana because she's in your house and because y- your wife decided to invite her that day? You could even come say hi, hang out to the sides. You know, the men went off to a different room at one point. Like, it's not like, you know, it. I just think it was kind of a miscalculation on his part to be like, I'm going to remove myself from this situation entirely, especially he should have like gone out of town or something because the fact that multiple women in the group literally saw him as they were leaving the house and talked to him all of a sudden that gives Lisa all the room in the world to like paint a picture of the interaction she had with Todd, where she's like, he seemed really down. Things seem not good. I think there might be a problem in his marriage with Alexia. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Maybe he said that. Maybe he implied that. Like, I just think they've opened themselves up to a lot of speculation in a way that surprises me for how defensive they've been about their happiness.
0: Yeah. And him going from saying, I don't want to film this with you because these people essentially aren't your friends. They're members of your cast and people are going to focus on my apology is something. I think it's close to Mm -hmm. honest, but for him then to flip it and be like, it was Adriana, but also let's not talk about that. Let's talk about your event was awkward because you're saying one thing, then another, which honestly, welcome to housewives, but it's not, it, it, There's something about their dynamic right now that feels really off, especially in the like, we've only been married a year, but we still love each other. Uh, Yeah, I would assume so.
1: Right. Like, I think um, an interesting sort of foil to that is Nicole and Anthony's relationship, which they are still not married. And that is something that I think some of the women in the cast, I would say maybe mm, Marisol, Alexia, that kind of (laughs) area of the group has kind of made attempts here and there to kind of poke around that, ask questions, kind of be like, what's up with that? How committed are you? XYZ. But like watching the show, I don't think anybody's ever gotten a sense from Nicole and um, Anthony. Sorry, I just like forgot his name. name.
0: I always forget his name.
1: Your insurance attorney. I don't like... (laughs) I've never gotten a vibe from watching the show that things are weird in their relationship. And so it's like, you know, they can be on whatever journey they want of how long it's going to take them to get married. Maybe buying another boat is like the bigger, you know, uh, priority at the moment or renovating their sixth house or whatever. But like with Alexia and Todd, I'm looking at the material I'm being presented with and I do have questions. And so it's like, it's kind of like the proof is in the pudding. It's like, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care who like is proclaiming that they're still in their like newlywed phase. It's like, no, it's weird that even if he doesn't love all of your co-workers on the show, she was hosting the premiere filming event. It was a couple's event that most of the other men on the show were able to get their shit together to attend. And he chose not to, even though he was in the building where it was happening. Like there's, there's no way, like there's no he didn't have an excuse and like not wanting to see Adriana is not an excuse. That's like, uh, you know, that's something to say, but it's not like a, a, a valid reason. I, I don't know. So I think, weird. I think they're the money yeah. stuff.
0: What's going on with the apartment or whatever.
1: I'm I know that confused. makes me that his money was so stable, which I know is like, LOL, but no, I know when they got married and they're in the penthouse in sunny Isles. Right. I'm like, okay, Alexia's is rich now. And then we don't have to ask questions about right. that. Right.
0: I mean, this would be one of those times when I guess we got to ask a couple questions. Maybe
1: they're more similar to Teresa and Louie than we even know. <gasps> Which
0: makes me sad. I don't know why I'm sad about yeah. it. I'm sad about there's just something with their relationship that feels like obviously something else is going on. And it makes me confused and a little bit concerned. Well, I, I think, want them to work out.
1: Yeah, I think with Alexia, I mean, obviously she, you know, it's not like the show hadn't been on this whole time, but. Alexia has been through a lot in her life, from her relationships. You know, the first season, Miami was back seeing her mom pass away. I think the day that she and Todd were initially supposed to get married. You know, the stuff with her son and his accident and everything that's happened since then, like Alex- older son's trouble. Yes, for sure. I mean, she we've like she's been through so much that we haven't and haven't seen. But even just on the show, it really has felt like Alexia has kind of been put through the ringer, and. I think, you know, her situation with Todd seemed like it was kind of her happy ending. And, you know, maybe the longer you stay on Bravo, then the happy ending can kind of um, get, you know, have another plot twist. And, you know, we'll see if we get there with her right now. It kind of feels like it's in the question mark category. But, um, you know, yeah, like I want her to be happy, even if I don't always agree with her.
0: 100%. The receipt
1: is in her head and her heart. And, I, you know, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: And that does – this is truly a little bit of a marriage boot camp episode,
1: but oh – I've been watching Married to Medicine, and oh, so I'm very much like, we need to get it together, it. child.
0: We we literally need to talk about it. But we got to talk about Robin and Juan. I mean, I feel like I haven't recorded in a year and a half. Yeah. And, there's, and just the, the entirety of my body has spent multiple days only thinking about Robin and Juan.
1: The scene on the Potomac premiere in Giselle's backyard Wolf. where – Giselle and Ashley and Charisse had their sort of come to Jesus, mm-hmm. girl, what are you doing? Intervention with Robin. I thought was one of the best scenes in a while. I, I don't know. Of like any
0: franchise? I, I, I
1: don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass, but like I...
0: <laughs> it was meaningful. It was meaningful and connective and, f- and interesting when it wasn't.
1: It felt like a real important moment of like, we're coming back for this new season A lot of stuff has transpired, and we are going to, in this moment, cut the bullshit and speak to you as three friends and women who have known you for a long time and have all been through different sort of variations Mm -hmm. of a similar situation. It felt like something that is rare to see on Housewives in that it was like a group scene of like genuine concern and tough love and wanting the best for someone and really frustration that maybe she doesn't want the best for herself or like is not able to sort of you know see the forest for the trees and it was i i mean Sharice in particular I don't know why it struck me but it felt like the most sort of like clear we've she- we've seen Sharice m- maybe ever in years Cause I think Charisse a lot of the time when she's around now, it's like, she's like a fun kind of like side presence, you know, she'll like,
0: and she's trying to poke people,
1: Rachel poke at Karen. She and Giselle will like cut up a little bit. Like it's, it's, I don't think that it's like, I don't have an issue with her presence or anything, but like in that seeing Charisse kind of like get real a little bit was, I, you know, I thought that was great. I think Ashley obviously has been on her own sort of post marriage journey. Um, And yeah, I mean, it, to see Robin in these first couple episodes really just seem to be so stuck in the mud of exactly where she is with Juan and not really have the ability or the desire to to make any changes. It just is, it's tough. It's tough because we wouldn't be in this position season after season after season if there was real progress being made.
0: Yeah and I felt like she was trying to toe the line between absolute cynicism and some version of silence or um Like an active kind of not. I don't. I don't mean ignorance. Ignorance in the way of like refusing to acknowledge what it Mm -hmm. was. More of the facts and specifics. Like the fact that we flashed to that Watch What Happens moment of her saying she didn't ask for any receipts of the hotel thing because she trusts her husband. And then hearing, oh well, when I came to the hotel, you know, um, I held him accountable and told him to get out, but he didn't. But now it's all good. I mean, sweetie, if the man isn't giving you proof but we're trusting him and then we're attempting to body shame the woman from Canada to make all of this seem like a joke. I don't know who's laughing here.
1: Right. Like there's, I I think she's unable, certainly unwilling, but I think in some way, it really feels like she's unable to truly engage with the conversation and the things that she's being presented with. And like, yeah, she would rather kind of live in this state of, it's fine. Me and my man are doing what works for us, which is probably him cheating on me and me deciding I'd rather not know. And I think also with that conversation in the premiere, I felt like it was a really important decision to not have like Karen and Candace mm-hmm. and Wendy and kind of like the the expand, you know, like the full cast there because it really did feel like the three of us care about you and there was no sense of like Candace you know taunting her to be honest or Karen throwing out a rumor like it really did feel like a a positive you know thing that you're doing for your friend and unfortunately she wasn't really able to receive it or engage with it
0: it was like a genuine one intervention it was a it was like the truest kind <laughs> <Intervenchuan>. of intervention <friendship. laughs> intervention it was like the genuine the the realist to me example of what friendship on housewives yeah. is often thought to exist as like it's like this is the thing that we assume everyone has but we know that many of them don't which is a sense of history and understanding between each other and trust and i think some like elements of mutual respect but you know when i'm using the word ignorance i realize it's really just active denial like you're you're trying to activate your denial in such a way that we can kind of forget about this stuff. But obviously, there is an enormous, I I would say, challenge in their marriage if Robin doesn't want to continue to be publicly humiliated and Juan won't stop.
1: Yeah. And seems kind of like boldly unwilling to give a fuck of, you know, say like just okay like literally don't be seen at a hotel with another woman don't you know Well, and
0: he's like i'm just i'm just so generous i give 40 or 50 bucks to people you know anytime people who are in need and i'm just thinking like that's not that's quite literally not the same thing as engage i mean we i don't even need to spell it out obviously we both
1: understand Juan dixon do you have forty or fifty bucks to be giving to people?
0: Yeah, he's out of work and facing some litigation. I don't know what's going on there.
1: I have over the course of all the stuff that happened with those, like the lawsuit and like the stuff, you know, the allegations it's about all that. So dark. Team, I have like very upsetting. Mostly not gotten too deep into it. Like it's it's just something where it's like I'm aware of it. I you know, but the way it's sort of been like brushed off by i love my team by robin and juan on these first couple episodes of the season it's like i almost would rather we just pretend it's not happening because the way it's being acknowledged it's it's nothing good
0: i mean i don't know how you could acknowledge it if you were them for legal reasons for every other reason it's it's so uncomfortable it's just such shocking accusations but there's just so much else relating to like Juan and Robin that Uh, even any kind of little yeah. is there anyone else on the show (laughs) I don't I really don't know and the the moments where Giselle is just kind of looking at Robin being like because I was surprised that Giselle was being as honest as she seemed (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be in that moment I kept thinking I kept wondering like what kind of conversation they had prior to the fact of you know this is going to be an awkward moment but you know we're still besties versus Robin doesn't like this but Giselle really thinks it
1: Right, like what was their first reasonably shady recording like after that yes. conversation? Oh my god. Like I need to look at I need to like cross-reference the dates and like listen to that episode of their podcast to be like is are, are things a little frosty?
0: Totally. <laughs> it's it is it is a little it's not going to be I mean spoiler alert, it's not going to be a great season for Robin.
1: No. I'm and, glad she's still there. Yeah, I, I mean, the, sure. I, yeah, no, when people were like fire Robin for not being honest, it's like we need the show to be about something.
0: (laughs) But it can't really be. The problem with it being about Robin and Juan is the only person who needs to be convinced at this point is Robin. And maybe she doesn't. Maybe she already knows and she just doesn't care. And I don't mean that as a criticism, but like she might continue to choose to be with this man. She has every right to, but... Like, fuck, like if 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 most of the cast is on the same page and the audience seems to be on the same page, not everybody, obviously, but I think a majority, a large part Mm -hmm. of the audience and her cast don't think that Juan's behavior leads a person to believe that he's necessarily trustworthy in their relationship. It's what's what is right. it that we're doing? We're just kind of watching this woman deny her reality. Okay. We're going to do that for 10 more episodes. All right.
1: Robin and Juan should do a production of the a doll's house. Yes. And then at the end she leaves.
0: <laughs> and it's a great, it's a great <laughs> they'd have positive to, energy. They'd have, to cha-
1: they'd have to change the ending. So she would just be like at the end, like, okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm a doll then. <laughs> Look, I have a house. I mean, it's, it, we got a house. <laughs> it is a tough dynamic. I do want to switch gears to um Salt Lake City because oh. this is a lot we might have to transition this to Patreon, but um okay, so this is there's some stuff that I want to say but it's a little complicated. All right. But let's start with something that I think is less complicated, <laughs> which is
1: Are you going to try and speak Greek?
0: Um, Yeah, I'm doing a great (laughs) job of it, obviously.
1: Duolingo, hit us (laughs) up.
0: (laughs) How do you feel about the Salt Lake City energy this season?
1: Um, I think that it is um, a a very watchable season of Salt Lake, which I think we were worried about um, earlier this year. Right. Um,
0: For understandable reasons. For
1: understandable reasons. I think that they have... Um, done a good job this season of like giving us stuff. Um, I think that the it feels like Monica is carrying a lot of weight as a newbie and has really like given us a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, I do feel like as the season goes on, and obviously there are going to be, I think, some major developments in terms of who in the cast does and does not fuck with her, aka everyone not fucking with her like
0: nobody is talking to her (laughs) right like
1: it's we're gonna get to a point where like angie doesn't want anything to do with her and heather doesn't want anything to do with her which you know we're not there yet but it, it does feel like i was talking to someone about this earlier this week that i think we're starting to see with meredith most of all but like the maybe whitney and heather to a little bit of a lesser extent that like it feels like they're sort of coasting a little bit in the drama department. Mm-hmm. And that Angie is putting in a lot of work this season. Monica's putting in a lot of work. She's, you know, carrying a lot of these scenes. Lisa, I think, is, you know, doing a lot of work also. You know, th- that last week, that argument between Monica and Lisa with Angie stuck in the middle at the sound bath, Jula relaunch was, you know, delightful. But it, it does feel like there are kind of I think there's a little bit of unevenness in the cast of like who's really clocked in in terms of the group dynamic and who's kind of just like existing more or less. I don't know.
0: It is such a chaotic energy in Salt Lake that I really truly don't know what I'm going to experience when I watch. It is obviously incredibly watchable. It's It feels a little bit addictive, but there's something about it that's also... So false. I I don't know if it's because we know that the cast isn't communicating with Monica, that maybe that's what it is. But there's something about it where I'm like, "Something, something is not right here.
1: Well, I think the Monica thing is part of it. But also, I think with the four women who have been on the show the whole time, plus Mary, I guess, it's like there's no real... It feels like they've kind of at this point, like gotten as far as they would maybe go in terms of what the real relationships would be. Yeah. So I think when I say that it seems like Meredith is checked out, it's like, I don't think that there is any part of Meredith that's like, wow, things have been tough for me and Whitney. We really should get to a better place in our relationship. It's like, no, maybe we should go to lunch together for a scene and like talk about getting to a better place in our relationship. But I think that, Kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with that scene on the Potomac premiere, where it feels like it's four women who really care about each other. It's like, yeah, okay, we're watching a bunch of people like argue about stuff that doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, kind of who cares, except give or take a beauty lab lawsuit. (laughs)
0: We need to talk about Monica and her mom, because I've had a little bit of an evolution. And, oh, um, no. I, yeah, I got into it during a previous Patreon episode. There was a Satchel of Gold Spectacular thesis with an index, which is always my favorite kind of satchel <laughs> to receive. And um, I had some thoughts on it, and I do think my shifting has changed a little bit. Okay. In a way that I I I can't stop saying it's complicated because I'm just opening the door to the fact that it's not going to necessarily It's a good
1: baseline. Complicated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't I just don't know that it's um I don't know how well it's going to be received, but I I have to be honest about what I'm watching. Right okay. Now. So we're going to talk about that on the Andy Squirrels Patreon. Okay. <laughs> we're going to shift
1: gears. <laughs> like bracing myself for LD millionaire takes
0: <laughs> Robin style. I don't actually think it's like that shocking. Yeah. I just yeah. think it's like maybe it's it's one of those things that I sort of refused to acknowledge was existing here. And now I'm mm. like, okay, there's like an element of what other people have said that I now maybe have a better understanding of. Yeah. Um, but again, it's I'm open to
1: receive that on the Andy's Girls Patreon, which you should all subscribe to. <laughs> um,
0: amen. We're going to record that right now. Um, and you can listen to that episode at Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Dylan Hafer, tell the folks where they can follow you on social and uh, what you got cooking over at Mention It All.
1: Uh, yes, you can follow me at Dylan Hafer on Instagram and you can follow at Bravo by batches for all ye bravo content um and you can listen to mention it all three episodes a week wherever you get your podcasts um you know talking about talking about all our bravo shows i had ashley darby on this past week which was a a lovely lovely combo um got some bravo con behind the scenes and um yeah it was a good time but uh but yeah wherever you listen to your andy's gals
0: we love a little anti-gal moment. And guys, you can follow me on Instagram at, and threads, allegedly threads. <laughs> of
1: course. So, I, yeah. Of course threads. I'm going to
0: thread. I'm going to thread. At uh, Dame Galley. And um, hopefully my coughing was not as intrusive as it would have been had I recorded in the last three or four days. So.
1: I don't think you caught that much.
0: Okay. I, I can feel it inside yeah. my throat right now. It wants to I've come I've been out. there. <laughs> um, it's a delight. Guys, thanks so much for listening. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.